time for our second hour roundtable on America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. More talking truth about America. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. Okay, so we're really trying to be high-end uh, in, in fixing the sound system tonight. I think that we're sounding great on radio and uh, grateful for every listener. We do put the show out in Facebook Live, and we've been unable to have the sound work real well tonight. Uh, and, and, well, there's a problem with it, and people the last hour could not hear our guest, who was Dr. Kelly Ward. She was great. We have another guest coming up in just a few minutes, uh, who's Dr. Everett Piper, and he is the author of Not a Daycare, and that was a famous thing that he put out as a college president to his students, and um, it, it was a memo to the students, which I read on air at the time it came out, and now he's got a book called Not a Daycare. It's really just about you know how college students are um, unable to process and deal with challenging issues, and and um, you know how we have to remedy that. I do these periodic, I call them snowflake updates on the show, just kind of the latest unbelievably bizarre stories that happen at colleges but Dr. Piper is a very serious thinker about these issues and as a college president has been trying to address them at his school so I can't wait to have you and I'm hoping you on Facebook Live can hear him. Okay, top of the second hour, I just have to it's a short segment on this uh, on the schedule for this show so I just want to run through some pretty uh, darn cool stories um, which I just think are this I was talking in the first hour about the Republicans and Congress and Senate just not they don't fight the way the Democrats fight. And this is part of why Donald Trump won his election. People were not dying to have someone who was crass or who was blustery or whatever words people use about Donald Trump if they don't like him. They wanted to see someone who was going to fight for the ideas, the goodness, the unique greatness of America because they felt like the Republican Party had pretty much capitulated and uh, you know for decades really and certainly for the last eight years to many changes in direction many many uh, decisions about American policy that were just that were not going to keep America strong and great so anyway I love the idea of fighting and one particular example and this really does tie into to the whole freedom of speech thing many of you probably are familiar with Dennis Prager fabulous fabulous show host he's a Salem um, host also and uh, he has a thing called Prager University he puts out videos they're just all so interesting so you know thoughtful and you know they they often take positions that are not politically correct so Prager University this week filed a lawsuit in California over the decision by YouTube to uh, they either restrict or demonetize, meaning make it impossible for him to make money from many of the Prager University videos. It's just being done by Google and YouTube. So the Prager University videos, they will be substantive and thoughtful and, and they have experts. So talking about issues and they really often cut to the heart of a liberal you know um thought or viewpoint that they the liberal mindset just insists you must accept and so over the over time uh, as as uh, dennis prager has put up his prager university videos um in uh, on youtube they have begun to be blocked restricted or demonetized one, as just an example of how, so now it's up to 50. There are now over 50 Prager University videos that YouTube or Google will not permit to, um, 
to be played or to be accessed or to make money off of. And honestly, you know, coming from someone who, uh, you know, we we kind of pay for everything I do here. You know, you should is one way that people who are outspoken and care about America and are speaking up can be paid is, is through some advertisements on social media. So this lawsuit was filed on behalf of Prager University in Northern California in the District Court in Northern California to stop Google and YouTube from unlawfully, cen- unlawfully censoring his educational videos. And it's basically... If it isn't obvious, the entire point is to make sure that the, the, this is a leftist mentality at Google and YouTube. They don't want to let conservative viewpoints be heard. It's just simply viewpoint discrimination, plain and simple. One example of this video was a Harvard law professor, Alan Dershowitz, quoted him a hundred times in the show at least. He did a video on the history of Israel. Now, I don't, I'm going to guess what the liberal opposition to it was, which was somehow he made clear that actually the claim to, uh, by the country of Israel to the land we now call Israel uh, is actually ancient and undisputable, indisputable, versus the claim of the Palestinians that basically thinks the, the uh, Jews in Israel have no right to have a country called Israel. But whatever the reason was, that was even blocked by YouTube. So yay for Dennis Prager doing that. Okay, I also have um, three kind of very quickie, but they're really good, good stories. Three steps forward in draining the swamp. One is the IRS at last finally officially apologized to the Tea Parties and conservative organizations that they were we- – IRS was weaponized under President Obama to not permit – uh, conservative organizations to get the, their status under the IRS code um, to go forward, 501c3 or c4. So sadly, uh, John Koskinen is still the commissioner. Uh, no punishment of him or no punishment of Lois Lerner, but at least uh, the group's got an apology. This is good. And then two good changes at the EPA. Um, one was that Jeff, Jeff Sessions is finally putting a stop to this slush fund, which is EPA suing people and then getting the money for settlements and putting them into liberal causes that the Obama White House would have loved. So that was a that one. The other one was just quickly. I'll tell you more about later. The suing sort of regulatory process, putting a stop to that. It's a good thing. We come back. Dr. Everett Piper, author of Not a Daycare. Don't go away. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. 
They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Addis, and just love having this two hours every Sunday to talk with you about preserving the most exceptional, important country on earth. And the ideas that found this country are the reason we are exceptional, great, and wonderful. And so I'm just grateful to have this show, grateful to have the time to talk there every week. We had to schedule an interview schedule with Dr. Piper, but in an evening where things seem to be going awry with the sound system, uh, we have not connected with him yet. So I'm just going to tell you briefly, if we get him on, that'd be great. And if we don't, I'll just tell you. So Dr. Piper is the one Dr. Everett Piper, he is the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, and he is the one who wrote the book called Not a Daycare. And 
the basic thing that happened, and I was going to have him tell you this story, but I'm going to go ahead and launch it, and if we get him, well, great, and if we don't, I'll just tell you the story, but he had a, uh, it, it's, his school is a Christian school, the Wesleyan, uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan, and he had a uh, person who, the, the students are required to go to chapel, I think it's once a week, and so he had one of the professors who had um, given the chapel the homily that day or the sermon that day, came to tell the president of the school that somehow he got um, sideways uh, with one of the students that he'd given his opening, his uh, his remarks in the scriptures and that the um, student had come up afterwards to say he was very offended and he was put off and it was, um, you know, it was, uh, he felt targeted. He felt uh, unsafe on the campus given what this uh, message of this sermon was. And so, you know, Dr. Everett Piper, the president of the school, says to this guy who gave the homily, well, or the sermon, you know, well, what did you say? And he said, I was, he was talking about the passages that I'm going to guess 50% of people listening to this show, if you're Christian, had read at your wedding, but love is patient, love is kind, all those, that beautiful, beautiful uh, writing from 1 Corinthians, uh, that was what offended this student because he felt, he said he was being scolded for not being friendly and kind and um, whatever he, he was. So, um, and so Dr. Everett wrote this just brilliant thing, which uh, and it went to the entire campus and to all students. And it basically ended with the words, um, this is not a daycare. You did not come here to get coddled. You did not come here to get, um, you know, uh, find safe spaces and to have your feelings heard and the but the, so he he really just told them basically we're not going to do trigger warnings in the school we're not going to do safe spaces we have to be able to engage in dialogue about the country and about the issues and about political ideas and sociological ideas and history and everything we teach here you know we have to be able to engage the ideas so it was a, it was a very is a brilliant book and uh, brilliant writing and then he wrote a book about it and the deeper point of the book guess we're not getting him I'm not seeing my board operator say anything different so I don't know what's happened here because I'll tell you I, I do another radio show called Point of View I occasionally um, I'm on the the round table there and um, occasionally substitute host when Kirby Anderson is is out uh, who's the main host of Point of View so I substitute hosted for him. Last week, a couple of days, and I had Dr. Piper on then. We had a great conversation just about the, uh, this, the about his book and what his message was. And I, I tell you, because I don't want to paraphrase for him, but my sense of what I took away was, you know, we used to understand as a country and really as a, as a you know, intellectual civilization, the concept that the purpose of education is to, you go to school and certainly university to learn, to have a grounded belief that truth exists that facts exist and that and your job is to pursue understanding pursue truth to pursue better what um you know uh, your better understanding and to learn to challenge ideas to explain ideas to listen to others to have that robust dialogue and that the core of it all was uh, this idea that truth exists and we're all trying to find it but if where we live today in this culture of so much um you know, uh, how I feel about it and how you see it and how other people feel and the moral equivalency of all ideas, we've lost the concept of truth. We've, and, and that's actually the subtitle of his book is The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. The truth is a concept exists. So I wanted to talk to him tonight about that. He's great interview. I don't know what's happened tonight because he was a fabulous interview um, and talked on the show 
last time I had him on on the other on Point of View Radio, um, just about how he's loved the, the conversation he's stimulated by writing the book because it's making people realize that the whole shift in education is really just about you know how you feel and your reactions and your motives and and instead of do we pursue truth. And so, anyway, I guess we're not going to get him tonight. It was a great book, and I'll reschedule him sometime because I really enjoyed having him on. He, um, you know, he's just kind of a remarkable character because he wrote this book to be very outspoken about, not just about, it wasn't a big, I mean, the book is full of examples like the snowflake stories we've told in the show many, many times. The book is full of examples of the, um, you know, crazy things that happen on campuses. I had, in fact, I have some stories out, just the highlights of 2016, like after President Trump won, they had, I mean, dozens of colleges had to cancel classes for a day or a week after so the the students could sob and moan and complain because they thought Hillary was going to win. And, you know, we have students who thought they shouldn't have to take final exams and you stand up and give speeches about how they shouldn't have to take exams, they shouldn't have to study because uh, of the mistreatment of the people of color around the world. I mean, I'm telling you, you think these examples are just absurd or exaggerations, but, you know, for those of us that been out of college for you know a decade or two decades or three decades you this is so unlike how we went to school we were all everyone assumed going to college that you you went to take a course whatever it was you're going to learn and you could you could dispute and discuss issues but you were there to actually learn and um and you did not dispute the idea truth existed. You could disagree with people's viewpoints or their priorities, but the whole concept of, of education has turned from being the pursuit of truth to the pursuit of you know personal fulfillment and feeling good about yourself and loving your identity and you know carving out your uh, racial ethnic identity and then pitting yourself against other people's racial and ethnic identity. So it, it, he's just he's great talking about those things, and so we'll have another time. Um, Great book, anyway, and you'll see it on our website. Okay, so I have lots of time to talk about the things I, I'm going to turn to now. I want to finish something from the opening segment because this whole story of Hillary Clinton, and if you weren't listening the first hour, let me just tell you, Hillary Clinton, it turns out now, we discovered this week, she and the Democrat National Committee, DNC, were the ones who paid the smear organization, a, a business in existence to smear people. You hire them to dig up dirt and smear people called Fusion GPS. Hillary and the Democrats are the ones who hired them that put in place the whole creation of this Trump dossier. I mean, put in place the whole thing of, you know, the uh, story about Christopher Steele, a British spy. He goes to Russia. He's paying people to get stories written. She put it all in place. And only because has now come to the surface because a judge said that Fusion GPS could not hide its records over who paid them that that has come forward that that they paid them. And now Hillary's trying to say that she knew absolutely nothing about the her party and her you know her campaign or her party being involved in the creation of this dossier. Didn't know a thing about it. Can't believe it. Shocked. Blah blah blah. So I want to just tell you though because to harken back to what she's trying to pull here. Hillary Clinton is claiming that she didn't know until the story ran on BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed eventually ran the Trump dossier on on their website. Hillary's saying that she didn't know until then, and that dossier ran on January 10th of 2017 on BuzzFeed. But Hillary, back 
last year, so months earlier, six months earlier, August of 2016, is starting a series of tweets. I think it was eight tweets on and on and on and on about what's the scoop of Trump and Russia? Something's going on with Trump and Russia. We should know what it is. I mean, she she's trying to act like she didn't know. And I think she thinks she can get away with that because of how many times President Obama got away with because no one ever questioned him and no one ever said, hey, that couldn't be true. There are at least eight times that President Obama claimed something that had occurred. He didn't know a thing about it. He found out about in the morning news, just like the rest of America. One was fast and furious. President, President Obama, his White House, his Department of Justice engaged in the whole fast and furious running guns down to Mexico to this is entirely in a, with the goal of destroying the, the right under the Second Amendment to possess weapons, to, to keep and bear arms. The fast and furious cross-border operations, supplying guns to the cartels. Obama told reporters October 2011, I heard on the news about this story, uh, uh, fast and furious, like you never heard of it before. And, and you know, I mean, just, just absurd. Same thing, General Petraeus, sex scandal said. He didn't know a thing about it. Couldn't imagine, didn't, didn't know a thing about it. Um, all, all the way along as he was director of CIA, I don't think so. The IRS tactics against conservative groups, the whole IRS thing we were talking about earlier, targeting conservative groups. President Obama said didn't know a thing about it. We sure surprised to hear about this. This is his IRS targeting his political enemies, and he didn't know a thing about it. Uh, Secret Service uh, tapping the phone records of AP News reporters. Didn't know a thing about it. Jay Carney told reporters May of 2013. We didn't know a darn thing about this. We're shocked, too. On and on. I don't think Hillary's going to get away with the same thing that Obama did because we're not going to let her. Don't go away. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. 
Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. And welcome back. I'm so glad you've tuned in to America Can We Talk tonight. This is Debbie Georgiatis. And it's just as, as I often mention, the fastest two hours of my week. I just, I love talking with you about America. I'm going to go back to one more point on Hillary Clinton before I turn to something else I want to talk about. But, you know, just think of the level of audacity because it involved. Now, I know she's claiming she didn't know a thing about, she had no idea that her you know, her campaign, the Democrat National Committee and the Hillary for President campaign was spending the millions and millions of dollars uh, paying Fusion GPS to come up with this Russian dossier, which, by the way, no aspect of the Russian dossier story has been confirmed by anyone. It appears to be, in fact, a very close affiliate of Hillary Clinton's has said, you know, this is really dicey stuff because you're paying Russians for information, so they're tempted to call you back and say, 
well, actually, you know, I have some more information now that I think about it. I mean, really lewd and, and crass things were alleged. Not one word of this dossier has been proven. And the dossier apparently was the basis for James Comey and the FBI to go to FISA court and ask for a warrant and start spying on. Now, I mean, technically spying on the Russians, but the truth is they're ending up spying on the Trump campaign. This is Hillary saying this in place, Hillary laying the whole story. So she's now, you know, talking about claiming now here we are in October of 2017. It's finally come out. This is a woman who has no conscience at any level. She has watched this story and and probably loved watching this story eat away at the legitimacy of President Trump and his entire administration. She has, in fact, I'll read you a quote that's really, really telling. Back when the collusion scandal was running around and Hillary was allegedly, you know, completely not involved, had nothing to do with it, Hillary Clinton said the following, I think it's probably bigger than Watergate because it's about the future. So she's willing, this story that she set in place to concoct, she's playing it. She's playing the press. She's playing America. She's playing the the American public and the media, leading them along. And this is, you know, the level of cynicism this takes and this just sinister nature that you know that you set this in place and... I mean, I'm going to venture as far as to say I'm going to I will take a wild guess. She probably knew the whole thing wasn't true, but it was really hard. It was helping her. It was helping her look better to her voters because the voters, you know, were looking at the famous what happened, Hillary. And so she writes a book, what happened? And so it's all the Russians and everybody else except her. But this gave her something to blame besides her own poor campaign and, frankly, the the emptiness of her messages to the American people. I mean, America has figured out after eight years of Obama, which is why the Democrats keep losing seats and losing seats and losing seats in legislatures around the country, the Congress and the Senate. America has started to realize that Democrat ideas don't work. Big government control of society is unpleasant, ugly, and don't and the ideas don't work. So Hillary Clinton, to justify her, she was to be coronated, the first queen of America, you know, first woman president, and didn't get it, and she had to have something, and this was one thing so that she could point to and say that there was just not only that it was not her failure, but it was actually her loss was due the due to the nefarious conduct of President Trump and his campaign. So as we learned this week. She and the Dems paid for this fusion thing. She's now going to have to face, which might even be a bigger problem for Hillary Clinton, she's now going to have to face the reality that this informant, who, if you believe what his lawyer is saying, this informant who worked for the Department of Justice was reporting to Robert Mueller as head of the FBI to the Department of Justice, was reporting to them the entire uh goings-on of this Russian operative in America trying to weasel his way into the American uranium industry, was engaged in money laundering and extortion, and this guy was in the middle of it all. And the lawyer, this guy's lawyer, this informant's lawyer has already said that he will testify that Hillary getting the money for the Clinton Foundation 
and getting the half million, which is $145 million, getting a half million dollars to Bill Clinton for speaking at some conference, that that money that was understood by the people he was talking to, these Russian operatives in America, were saying that was in exchange for Hillary clearing the deal to get the uranium one. 20% of American Iranian assets transferred to Russia. Hillary's got a bigger headache than anything else that, than, than with this item. This is, if this proves to be true, th- I mean, if this isn't a crime, this then I don't know what is. And Hillary has spent her life in American politics pretty much escaping responsibility for everything. I mean, I've, during the campaign, I went through the litany of things that she has engaged in, but somehow she has to the control of the Democrat Party and the media, you know, acolytes who, who defend everything she says or does, she has escaped responsibility for everything she's ever done. And this is why, going back to the Republicans not having the backbone you wish they did, this is going to be a test in Washington. This ability of the House and Senate with Republican control actually holding Hillary, Mueller, Obama, Loretta Lynch, James Clapper, a whole bunch of other ones, do the Republicans have the backbone and the willingness to trust in the rule of law and the moral and ethical conviction to do what is right? Do they have that anymore? Or are they so sunk into the Washington swamp that they are going to let this go? That's a dangerous thing for America if that happens. Letting it go is a dangerous, dangerous thing for America because you're really kind of saying, okay, we surrender. We don't really have a rule of law anymore. We have the ruling elite controlling the national security forces, and they kind of tell us what's what, and we just go along with them. We don't question. So this is a, it's a very pivotal point for Republican leadership in Washington. I'm, very, I'm honestly sick that Mitch McConnell is ahead of the Republicans in the Senate, that because if anything, if his past behavior uh, is any indication, I'm afraid that this may all just be let go. And on the House side, We need more than just the Benghazi hearings where we had, you know, uh, tough sound bites and Trey Gowdy. Yeah, he told them, he set them straight, great sound bites, but nothing happened. Nothing. I mean, beside a little bit of public attention to it, nothing happened. Hillary stayed where she was. She's still clean as a whistle, able to run for president. And I mean, this is, this is a really consequential time and it's going to take leadership on the Republican side to say, yeah, we're going to actually insist on the rule of law and investigating. And they're going to run into, into um, roadblocks from the deep state people still happily ensconced in the Department of Justice and in the FBI and in the, in the White House who are not going to want this investigation to go through thoroughly as it should. So it's going to take some leadership. Okay. So the only other thing beside Hillary said that, referred to the Russian collusion scandal. She's probably so wishing she hadn't said this. I think it's probably bigger than Watergate. It's about the future. And former DNI, another guy used to be in trouble, Clapper, former director of national intelligence, James Clapper, said the collusion case pales in comparison to Watergate. Amen to that. Okay, I'm going to turn in this last segment tonight, and we have a couple of minutes left here, and then in the last segment, I'm going to talk about a totally different subject. And I, this is another thing about, I always say what this show is about preserving the greatness of America. We have profound racial tension in some aspects of America, in some segments of America. And I want to talk about um, where we are, why we are there, and 
how we uh, get out of it. How do we grow as a nation out of it? To be in particular, um, the story, I guess this could be the kickoff story. I mean, surely we could just discuss the NFL players who still won't stand for the national anthem and all the consequences of that. But I want to talk about the NAACP briefly. Uh, NAACP, which is the premier um, liberal organization for black, black liberals in America, National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, been around, I mean, for decades. NAACP is very liberal. They actually issued an American Airlines travel warning this week to black Americans. I'm not kidding. They listed, they actually issued a formal travel warning, NAACP, and it's basically a travel advisory warning that African Americans, warning African Americans flying with American Airlines after several months of monitoring, they are concerned and they're warning black Americans to exercise caution in that booking and boarding flights on American Airlines could subject them, black Americans, to disrespectful discriminatory or unsafe conditions until further notice. They have four examples of things that happened, you know, their characterization, their description of people who complained to the NAACP about something that happened with American Airlines. And so they are issuing now a, you know, an attack on American Airlines and urging black Americans not to fly in that airline. I will tell you after the break um, what their complaints are, but the deeper issue I want to talk about is what a shakedown this is intended to be for the for American Airlines and we have NAACP and what our good friend Star Parker had to say about it. Can't wait to tell you. Come right back. August 2nd, 2006, Debbie Lee was notified that her son, Mark Allen Lee, had been killed, becoming the first Navy SEAL to lose his life in Iraq. She had no choice about the news that was given to her, but she did have a choice how she responded. In response to her son's amazing last letter, she founded America's Mighty Warriors to honor the sacrifices of our troops, the fallen, and their families by providing programs that improve quality of life, resiliency, and recovery. Whether America's Mighty Warriors is hosting retreats for families of the fallen, helping heroes heal who are struggling with traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress disorder, providing relaxation at the Heroes Hope Home, stepping in when an injustice is committed, or doing random acts of kindness. As Mark mentioned in his letter, they know the price of freedom and who pays it. Our troops and families of the fallen need your support. Visit americasmightywarriors.org today to learn more. That's americasmightywarriors.org. There's a lot of talk today among media, in academia, in our culture, about everything that is supposedly wrong with America. Political correctness tries to dictate that we must stop thinking that America is exceptional. America's bravest have our back in the air, at sea, and on land. But who has America's back in the culture? In schools, on cable television, in newspapers? It's time to end the greatest prejudice on earth, anti-Americanism. And who makes the case for America? Flag does. Flag is the foundation for liberty and American greatness. 
FLAG has America's back on the cultural battlefield. FLAG is a nonprofit battle tank working to change the cultural and media narrative about America. If you think it's time to stand up for America, join the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness. Your support of FLAG is an investment in the America your children will inherit. Visit their website at flagusa.org and consider donating. All donations are 100% tax deductible. That's flagusa.org. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact... First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now. And welcome back to American Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Addison. I'm so glad you've tuned in. And if you're listening on Facebook, I believe we have Facebook working happily and you'll be able to hear me. And um, again, I want to just say I love, love, love being on air in Colorado Springs. And I want to thank all the people out there who were just so kind and, and helpful in getting everything set up and uh, rock and rolling with uh, being on Colorado Springs. Appreciate that. And my husband and I actually visited out there um, fairly recently and it's such a beautiful state every time i go there i i mean we love texas let me we love texas but visiting colorado springs was just a beautiful beautiful spot and then we also visited phoenix where the show is now on and um honestly i you feel kind of inspired when you end up traveling and meeting with conservative people because you feel like gosh there are a lot of us in this country and, and a lot of us who who love america well i'm gonna go back and talk in this final segment a little bit more about race relations because this is one of the most Tender, challenging, divisive, and yet important issues to talk about. And we're in a place right now in America where um, we have, you know, very hypersensitivity. People are very concerned about saying something that may be misconstrued. And we have 
Um, I mentioned before the um, break, the NAACP has announced a travel advisory for American Airlines. And they have four instances uh, where, of course, you just have the depiction, description as as they are giving it of what happened. But, you know, uh, someone, uh, apparently an African-American man, was forced to give up his seat on a flight um, from Washington to Raleigh-Durham because he responded to disrespectful and discriminatory comments by two white passengers. Well, who knows what was said? You know, who knows what was said by the passenger, other pastors, by the guy who was asked to get off. You don't know. In fact, I'm not even going to regale you with the other three stories because there's just other stories where, you know, if you just read the words in this summary sent out by NAACP, you know, sounds like maybe things, something didn't go quite right. But the notion that an organization, NAACP, that has been in America for decades would based on four instances over several month period with American Airlines not involving a company policy, not involving a company practice or a company rule, but simply taking four isolated and apparently unconnected incident incidences and say travel advisory issued. Be careful if you're African American, don't fly American Airlines. I mean the level of um just rancor and intentional confrontation, uh, and frankly, in my view, unnecessary confrontation is so high. And uh, this made me grateful again for my good friend, Star Parker. And if you don't know Star Parker, she's been on this show a bunch of times, um, and I'd love to have her on again. Star Parker uh, formed an organization in Washington that's called CURE, C-U-R-E, She's African-American woman. She grew up in L.A. area or in California somewhere, I think L.A. area, and um, grew up in a home that relied on welfare uh, and had, you know, she had many of the unfortunate circumstances that often occur, uh, you know, in, in low-income families. Uh, but she ended up you know, leaving high school and getting into drinking and drugs and having a baby very young and just all the kind of things that your life, when your life is not on track, that, that can happen. And so she um, found her way to a church one day and, and literally uh, went into a Christian church and just felt just felt the power and love of God and, and felt that she was uh, led to Christianity and turned her life around. And anyway, through a variety of other things, she's done amazing things. But now she found this, she has this group in Washington called CURE, Center for Urban Renewal and Education. And I had the great blessing of going to their summit. They had a summit. Um, she has an annual summit where she brings in. Her idea is to inspire low-income Americans in America's inner cities, especially black Americans, to uh, re-embrace the ideas of America, re-embrace the ideas of freedom, personal responsibility, um, you know, Christianity, uh, pursue their faith, and but to also to be, to believe in the idea that they can succeed and make it in America. And and so she, she urges them, she works through pastors, she has pastors come to her conferences, and she talks about the challenges uh, that they see in their low-income communities and how the answers are not to blame everyone else, to accuse America of being a deeply racist place, to blame every uh, problem in low-income America on racism, to blame every, every uh, symbol of poverty, every problem they face, not to, you don't blame that everybody else, but you find your way to, to move forward in life. So she, in this conference I went to, um, actually I'll talk about the conference in a second. So she, Star, put out something uh, from Cure 
after the NAACP put out their thing about American Airlines. And what she wrote is, um, friend, it's a rare day. It's a long statement, but a simple part she wrote is, friends, it's a rare day when I don't fly across our country. For anyone who flies occasionally or often, like me, we all know there are snafus all the time with airlines. To assign racism to these typical problems is nothing but a shakedown to make money. So Star Parker, African-American woman, is calling out NAACP, pointing out, which was I was calling it too, it's just a shakedown. It's an, it's an effort to get American Airlines to apologize and to, you know, have, to do all sorts of training and investigation, and there's going to be a settlement, and they're going to pay money. And, folks, the end of the day, why I want to talk about this is what you really want in America. Nobody wants racism. Nobody wants America. No one wants people to suffer because of the color of their skin or their ethnicity or what country their grandparents came from. No one wants anyone else to suffer discrimination. But we are in a place where, as NAACP apparently has discovered, you know, we're in a hypersensitive time. And to make an accusation like they have now made, they expect and they will probably receive a settlement. But what I want to ask you is this. Will the country... Will race relations be any better if American Airlines were to pay a million dollars NAACP? I mean, I'm, they shouldn't pay them anything, but would we have a better country if shakedowns like this are successful? And the answer is no, because, you know, going back to Star Parker, what Cure does and why it was just such a fabulous opportunity to be in Washington with her and to go to her summit, which was in the summits put on by Cure, by Star Parker, organization they invite pastors uh, of low-income churches in around america there are about 50 pastors there a few of them have churches in the size of like twenty thousand members really really big inner city churches and she taught she has them it's a several day long thing and she basically is introducing them to the ideas of you know help you draw help you get facts instead of emotions help you get data and help you understand that th- that we have the American dream right in front of us. Black America, like every other you know community in America, we have the American dream right in front of us. So for example, she had, had them all go to the American Enterprise Institute one day, um, AEI, run by um, Brooks, I can't think of his first name. Anyway, we all went to AEI for the day and she presented, had them present data, which shows essentially the parallel absolute parallel between the destruction of the black family, meaning, you know, 70% of black children in America are born to single parent homes. The statistical parallel between the destruction of the black family and the growth of the government assistance programs that began with the great society efforts under Lyndon Johnson, making the point that welfare programs over the decades, because they pay people more if there's no man in the home, that the government assistance programs have crushed the intact family, intact black family unit. I mean, data points that you just, you can't argue. There's, there's, there's where, what it is. So it runs through that data, pointing out that when you begin to have a lifestyle of perpetual receipt of government assistance, you destroy the family. And then data showing that the likelihood 
if you grow up in a single parent home. This is not to denigrate all single parent homes. My brother died. My sister-in-law had to raise their son by herself, and he's wonderful. I understand there are single parent homes all over the country, but the point is statistically, when 70% of black children are born in single parent homes, it matters statistically what the consequences of that are. So the data that shows, for example, if you grow up in a single parent home, you are far more likely, statistically speaking, to drop out of high school, join a gang, get on drugs, uh, get pregnant before you're married, just just the you know end up in jail, end up in a gang. Every single measure you don't want to happen to your child is far more likely to happen when you're raised in a single parent home. Data like that. And so I'm, my point in telling you all this is that she's trying to inspire these pastors to take the message back to their communities. Let's get on track with families. Let's get on track. And, the, the, you know, the famous Brookings Institute study replicated many times by other groups, which showed basically that if you don't get married to your at least 20, you don't have children before you get married, you finish high school and you get a job. You are statistically, I mean, it's like virtually 0% chance you'll ever go to jail. Zero. And that you'll ever end up in poverty. Zero. The point is, families, family units, these are answers within the community that you can bring about regardless of your efforts to point fingers at other groups, other races, other, and just, she's basically just saying, she's just saying, take your God-given gifts and and support each other and family so and grow the the uh the the, uh, strength of the community and the family she pushes for school choice and the notion we have to have better public schools in low-income areas another thing democrats fight and and conservatives try to to grow to encourage the school choice my point in all this is this there's so much discussion of racial tension in america but there are solutions to the challenges faced in low-income communities, especially in, in, in black inner-city communities that Star Parker focuses on, that really have to do with taking the tools and gifts you have and, and, and the, the American dream ideas, the nuclear family unit, the stay in the family, to raise your kids, all of those ideas are available now. And these are what she's actually bringing are solutions. She's bringing solutions, not the uh, not the uh, destruction of the um, the uh, it has occurred under big government society programs in America, and so I you know I raise all this to say we'll probably have to have a show and just talk about this the whole show, but there are better answers than the bitterness and accusation. There are answers that bring healing and growth. Not to say if there's been discrimination, if there's been mistreatment, if there's been something that's been unfair and wrong, we have to fix it. We also have to agree, and I my sense of it is have to agree that America is a good and noble and wonderful and decent country, and we need to stand up and try to improve it. Support groups like Star Parker's Cure that brings us some chance of action. Actually, bringing healing and upliftment to the African American community. This is Debbie Georgias. Dang it, I'm out of time. Love talking to you. Come back next week. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. America Can We Talk. Truth about America. America.